You are listening to the Legal Community Podcast, hosted by Guy Remond and Dave Zampano, powered by Guider. Guider provides self-service online legal documents supported by your local attorney. Fast, affordable, and in your own time. For more information and resources, please visit guider.legal and enjoy the show. Welcome to today's Guide a Legal Community podcast. We're going to discuss a commonly misused term, I think, and that is platform. What is a platform and why it's important? As always, we have Mr. Zampano here today with us. Hello, Dave. Good to be here. Good to see you, Guy, and hear from you. Nice to see you as well, sir. And we have a special guest all the way from Manchester in the UK, Mr. Matt Squire. Matt is the co-founder of a an AI company, an artificial intelligence company called Fuzzy Labs. Hello, Matt. Hi, Guy. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. And, you know, what we're going to do is just explore the different ways that you can describe what a platform is and just come to a a consensus on on what it is. So um, I'm going to talk about it from maybe from more of a layman's perspective. And I think Matt will give us the technical perspective on, on what a platform is and Dave, as always, will join in and I'm sure have an opinion on these things as well. From my perspective, there are two types of platforms usually. There are platforms which allow users to earn a revenue by utilizing the platform services. So we've got examples such as Amazon and YouTube. And the characteristics of those companies are that you build it initially to scratch your own itch, maybe, or for a particular purpose. And, and actually, what happens is that then you suddenly find out that or you realize that, that there are lots of other people that want to use and have the abilities that you have use your, your platform effectively. You know, both in Amazon and YouTube's case, that's exactly what happened. So, you know, Amazon, uh, as everybody I'm sure is aware, is a, a very famous online uh, retailer, one of the biggest in the world that they, they actually built their own platform to provide hosting services so they could put their own website on this their own e-commerce site on this on this service and they built a whole bunch of services behind the scenes that enabled them to do more and more complex things and do things better and better all the time and what they realized was that actually pretty much every website particularly e-commerce site and and you know perhaps business process system needs these common services and they ended up letting other people jump on their platform and put their website on there or put their e-commerce site on there or put their back-end process on on this platform and they charge for that and, and actually amazingly amazon earns more money from their hosting services than they do from um their e-commerce services and, and YouTube is a, is a very similar story. So that's the first type of platform. The second type of platform is where the service provided on the platform connects two sides of a market, usually buyer and a seller. The seller puts their, their, their service on there or whatever it is they're adding value for, they put that onto this platform and the sellers then consume it or buy that service. And the platform earns its money by taking a small piece of that revenue. And there's some really good examples out there. You know, Uber is the 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 one that springs to mind. They are the the biggest taxi firm in the world that doesn't actually own any taxis. They're a platform. They they connect 
taxi drivers with consumers, people who want to ride from A to B. And it's as simple as that. And an Uber, the Uber platform charges a fee as a percentage of the, the, the fee for that taxi journey. And that's how they make their money. Airbnb is the biggest landlord in the world that doesn't own any buildings. And, you know, again, they allow sellers, i.e. people who have a property that they want to rent out and connect them with consumers who want to rent a property in a particular area. And they charge, you know, the property owner obviously charges a fee for that. And Airbnb take a percentage of that fee. That's kind of my take on the two main types of platforms that, that are out there at the moment. And I think it'd be really interesting to understand from Matt, from a technical viewpoint, what he thinks to the my kind of high-level description uh, and, and what that means from a technical viewpoint as well. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Amazon and I'd say they, when they started providing this hosting service, Amazon Web Services, that was hugely innovative. And at first, it would have looked very strange. You say, well, Amazon's an online retailer. They sell goods to customers. Why on earth do they want to get into the business of selling services to host other things? But, you know, their, their perspective on this, and it, it, they were right, the bet paid off. It was, well, we want to be the people providing the infrastructure that everybody else uses to build their businesses on top of. And for that reason, even though Amazon have their own video service, for instance, they also host Netflix because Netflix are using Amazon's infrastructure to provide their service. So now Amazon put themselves into a position where their infrastructure, their web services power all of these other services, even companies that are competing with Amazon. And what would be really interesting to understand, Matt, and I don't think we're going to answer this now because we probably have to ask Jeff Bezos this, <laughs> and I don't think I've got him on speed dial, I'm afraid, but <laughs> it would be really interesting to know whether it was a strategic byproduct. So, you know, my suspicion is that, that Jeff Bezos uh, set out um, to, to build uh, an e-commerce site, and that's what he did. And then at some point, somebody, either he or somebody else thought, do you know what? We've spent so, such a lot of time and a lot of money building out this platform. We know that other people will want this as a service. Why don't we add that to our portfolio? So we're not just an e-commerce uh, service or site anymore. We are now a hosting provider because we've built it. We, we scratched our own itch. And as a consequence, there'll be many other people wanting to benefit from, from that itch. So um, strange analogy, but there we go. But what do you think? The, there, there is a, a story which y- you can read anecdotes to, along these lines on the internet that Jeff Bezos sent round a memo to everybody in the company that said, essentially, our strategy from now on is everything we build has to be a service. So what that means in, in the technical sense is that every piece of software, every component, every feature has to have a clearly defined way that allows other pieces of software to interact with it. So these are APIs, as as we say. And the consequence was that from then on, all of the underlying software architecture that Amazon relied on was built in this way so that other teams could very easily interact with each other, but also third parties could come in and say, okay, I can interact with this thing because it's a service. That became the basis of AWS. I think... I don't know how, uh, like you, I don't have Jeff Bezos on speed dial, so I don't really know the whole story and how much influence he had. What I did read recently, and I'm embarrassed because I've forgotten the name of the guy who is 
succeeding Jeff Bezos. Now he's stepped down as CEO. But from what I read... Well, he's a this, bit busy, Matt. He's building rockets now. So you know, yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. too busy going to space now. But from what I understand, his successor is the, the one who pioneered AWS. So that's very interesting. So if I could just interject, I got two computer guys talking. I'm just a simple lawyer over here using terms like AWS and API. Be sure to please expand on that so us common folk understand what the relevance of those terms are. Yeah, absolutely. Let's try to think of a really simple example. It's like this. If you have, let's say, a bookstore and you you have a website, you can search for books, you can look up books by different authors, different time periods, this sort of thing. What an API would give you is the ability for other pieces of software to talk to your bookstore. So now if I want to do something something else, maybe I want to do a book review service. Now my book review service can talk to your bookstore and understand all of the books that are available on your store and add something extra on top of that. So that's the kind of world that everybody's sort of moved to in the last couple of decades, this world where software is talking to software. And now people can build things on top of other people's things. So companies like Amazon, companies like pretty much everybody now, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, all of the big players are providing these service-based platforms where they're happy for other people to come in, interact with their systems, consume their data, and build something new on top of that. Of course, because you can charge money for access to these APIs, right? So it's it's not, not entirely about freebies, but it's about making it easy for people to come onto your platform, get something of value out of it, but give you something of value back, whether that's more data that would enrich your product or simply paying for the service, paying for the, the access. And, and the API effectively makes that easy to happen. It makes it easy for external parties to, to connect to your platform, your service that you're offering. That's what an API is essentially, isn't it? Without so it's, going a sharing of, it's, a, it's a sharing of information digitally, if I had to break it down. Yeah, it just makes that easier, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sharing information and, and sharing capabilities as well. You know, if I've got something which, if I've built something which can, maybe it can recommend products to you. It can say, well, if you like this book, you'll also like that book. I could provide that capability through an API and I could charge people money to use it. There's plenty of people out there who want that capability, but they don't want to build it themselves. Makes sense. And how does that compare to me? I think the term was AWS you used. That was another term. AWS is a is a huge beast. But I feel like these these things, you know, AWS API services, this is the technical detail of you know what what's underneath a platform, what makes a platform a platform, I think it's probably more useful to to say, well, okay, a platform is built in a certain way that makes it very easy for other people to come in and consume it, use it, build on top of it. But then what makes a platform a platform is, yes, it's, it's how it's built, but then it's also this whole idea of it's you know, bringing people together. Like, like Guy said, you know, we're either saying, okay, you can build your bookstore on top of Amazon or you can build your video service on top of Amazon's web hosting service. Or it's the second kind where 
you can build a market of people who want taxi rides and people who want to drive taxis and create all of that on top of on top of a simple platform. Okay, so uh, really interesting, Matt. Thank you for, for for adding that take on things. Obviously, this is the the Guider Legal Community podcast, so it would be remiss of us not to understand how you know, where Guider fits into this this kind of whole conversation. So, from and, and again, I'm going to give you probably my uneducated version of where I think Guider fits, and I'd be grateful for Matt your opinion and, and Dave anything you've got to you know add to that definition if you like. Yeah. But, you know, ultimately, Guider appears to me to be the second type of platform that I described. So it's where we, you know, the platform connects uh, buyers uh, with sellers. And, you know, Guider prov- um, is, uh, is a legal platform, as ho- hopefully regular listeners to this podcast will understand. And, you know, the first services that we're offering on this legal platform uh, are wills and trusts. And, you know, the idea being consumers can they've now have a choice um, as to how they get a will or get a trust or both uh, and and other kind of uh, documents that are associated uh, in that world as well. And, you know, um, at the moment, um, before any these these platforms were available, they had to go to a lawyer and uh, they had to go to the lawyer's office and the lawyer would take them through a process. And that worked remarkably well for, 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 for decades. But it's quite time consuming. Not everybody wants to go to an office and not everybody can afford those kinds of services. So, you know, platforms, what they do do ultimately is they digitize services, they democratize them and they demonetize them. And, you know, that's, I think, what's happening or beginning to happen now, it's happened in the taxi world, as we've said before, with Uber. It's happened in the in the uh, rental world, the real estate world, uh, with with Airbnb, and it's beginning to happen in the legal world. And you know, the 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 benefit of Guider is that it now offers the consumer a choice as to how they engage with their local lawyer, and that's a key point. You know, Guider does not bypass the local lawyers or any of the lawyers. It uh, it, you know, it, 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 these lawyers are baked into the system. They're part of this. They're the partnership on the platform. The consumers, but the consumers now have a choice, and the choice is go into a lawyer and and, and do what we've just described, or they can self serve on the platform for some of these legal services now, and you know they can save money by doing that. They don't have to go into an office. They might prefer to do it that way. You know, we know a lot of people now prefer to consume their services from the sofa and they can do that um, but equally beauty of the guide legal community platform is that there's a local lawyer sat there behind the scenes waiting to help if the consumer requires help as well so they actually have a third choice which is the the hybrid version of, of this so they can self-serve they can self-serve with a little bit of help or they can go into the the law firm and 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 go through the process in person so it provides the consumer with choice and it democratizes demonetizes and digitizes some legal services that's the way i see it and there's a very well known silicon valley entrepreneur called mark andreessen who one of his famous quotes is software is eating the world and this is this idea that every single thing you can think of from the most interesting to the most mundane can be automated to some extent by software. And it's not saying that then software is replacing the experts, the specialists, in our case, the lawyers. But I think what's really exciting about Guider is it's saying 
this software, this platform becomes the way that the only way ultimately that the lawyers are going to be interacting with their with their clients. It's that possibility that everybody can use this platform. Every law firm could potentially use this platform. Every client of a law firm can use this platform. Sorry, Dave, my last point and then far away, yeah. what Guided could become is Guided could become the biggest law firm in the world that doesn't actually employ any lawyers directly. It just works with lawyers. Well, as I'm sitting here as the lawyer and I'm hearing the concept of Amazon, how they've become this platform of connecting uh, services, I kind of see that perhaps that guider platform fills that void of saying, okay, providing legal services. So Amazon's taking products, right, products if you want to buy something physical, but there's no such place that addresses services, if you want to buy legal services, maybe accounting services, financial services, when we're interacting with those types of professionals, you're getting a service, not a deliverable product. So if I'm hearing you correctly, what this platform will do is it will kind of do what Amazon did for tangible products. It will do for service type industries and allow the consumer, again, to have access when maybe the offices are closed. And I think what I'm also distinguishing from what you said, Ted, and I think it's an important distinction as the lawyer, is that it's not a legal Zoom type product, which is a non-legal service. That's specifically non-legal, non-law, and it specifically says we are not lawyers. But they do have the ability to connect people to lawyers. But I see that this is different because, in essence, the platform starts with the lawyers. Is that a, is that a fair assessment of how that yeah, there's a few differences, Dave, but one of the big ones is that actually it could be your local lawyer that refers you to this in the first place if your preference is, is to self-serve. If your preference is to go in, your local lawyer will help you and be happy to do that. You know, even if you do self-serve, the beauty of this is that you can still speak to your local lawyer. And that's the big difference that no one addresses at the moment. Yeah, it's funny. I, I'll give you an example of Amazon. I bought something on Amazon once and I never got it. And for me to figure out how to even get my credit, it was so complex. I never actually got the credit. I didn't know who to contact or who to communicate with. When you call the number, you got voicemail or you're on hold for some extended period of time. And so here it seems like it's actually connecting the two. In other words, bringing it real. So there's actually somebody local live behind the software, behind the platform. So the platform is there. It's in cyberspace. But there's actually a door you can knock on in your neighborhood to say, hey, hey, I've been on the platform using you. And now I want a little more of you, more than what the platform can answer. Or to say, hey, I've had a problem with the platform and the platform's not responding properly. You have a local door you can knock on. So I think that's really powerful that that it brings those two worlds together because I don't think we see that anywhere. You can't knock on an Amazon door anywhere in the world. It doesn't work that way because you may be getting a package. There may be an Amazon warehouse 20 miles from your house. You may not be getting your package from that warehouse. You know, So there's no door. But where, where I'm seeing this being very powerful is connecting the local and making what I would call the traditional brick and mortar with the technology. And I think I think that's an that's a great distinction. I think that gives me comfort as a lawyer to know that I can now be on par with all the big technological outlets 
by using a platform that exists for lawyers. And I think that really is a great distinction and exciting. You know, I think that should motivate a lot of lawyers to start asking questions, which I know a lot of them will have ethical concerns and things like that. And I know, you know, those are all been addressed as I'm sure when Amazon was built, they had a lot of issues. This is kind of out of the gate. There's not even a lot of rules out there on this stuff at this point. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But just like Amazon was the leader, I think maybe Guider has the opportunity to really lead the industry because I, I think it can go far beyond legal services and go to accounting services, financial services, architectural services, all those type of things. It's, it's really kind of cool. The idea of that brick and mortar behind the cyberspace. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a that's a, a really nice kind of point to, to finish on. I think we probably need to draw the podcast to a close now. So Matt, I'm just going to ask you for any kind of closing comments, really. The, the one th- inspiration I got from uh, listening to Dave there, you look at this looming fear people have of AI and automation taking people's jobs. If you look at what, what a computer is good at, they're good at scaling mundane, repetitive tasks to a scale well beyond what humans could cope with. But what they're not good at and what people are good at is that human interaction. So a platform that emphasizes efficiently connecting humans with humans, service providers with people who need services, there's there's a lot of power in that. So that's a really, really good point to 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 finish. And I know you know that's one of Dave's kind of big points uh, around this service so thank you so yeah um we'll, we'll we'll draw this conversation to a close matt thank you very much as always for for joining us hopefully you, you can join us a, again in the future for a, another discussion when we we need some technical input and and dave great as always to chat thank you very much yes thank you thank you matt thank you thank you for listening to the legal community podcast We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at guider.legal for more information and please review and share this show. We'll see you next time.